0: From sea to shining sea in the United States and around the world on the internet, welcome to season two, episode seven of InfoBlips. My name is John Hings, and I am the host of this podcast. This podcast is the third episode of a three-part inspection of the United States judicial system. We have a lot of material to cover, and I'm endeavoring to keep these uh, podcasts to 30 minutes or so. However, before we get started, I want to give a shout out actually to listeners around the world. Of course, in the United States, thank you very much. But Ireland, Germany, United Kingdom, Mexico, France, Belgium, Austria, and Italy I hear you and thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I sincerely appreciate you. I also want to give a shout out to my friend Yancey Seals. You know Yancey Seals, he is the CEO and president of Triple D's Barbecue Sauce.com. Triple D's Barbecue Sauce and Baked Beans. Go to his site, Triple D's Barbecue order his products, and experience the best barbecue sauce either side of the Mississippi. That's TripleD's And one more shout out to a listener, a dedicated listener, Scott. Thank you very much for your comments, and we will be playing them in future broadcasts. And I'd also like to do a PSA. Um, I received my first uh, vaccine, uh, what was it, Friday or Saturday. I received my first vaccine on Saturday. Um, it is the Pfizer vaccine, so I have another shot coming up. Um I didn't it was great. Uh, the CVS did a great job. And um I didn't really feel anything really bad, just some tiredness, but nothing really bad. Um and I'm looking forward to getting the second shot. So think about it, you guys. It's a personal decision. I'm not gonna push this on anybody, but what I'm saying is you might as well. <laughs> you might as well, especially if you travel. And last but not least, if you tried, if you'd like to contact me, please do so at infoblips at activist.com that's infoblips the at sign activist.com okay so let's get down to business stand by for verifiable factual information so inspecting the united states uh, judicial system we focused on three sections law enforcement the court system, and the correction system. And did I get a lot of pushback about the law enforcement part of it uh, when I said it derived from the slave patrol? And I have friends that are, are law enforcement officers and I received a lot of pushback, so I'm gonna break this down um, they wanted me to give a little more insight or some more information uh, and statistics. Thank you for your input. So the statistics I received was from the Sentencing Project. Uh, they can be reached at sentencingproject.org. I also received information from or research information from the United States Census System and also from um, Pew, uh, the Pew Organization Uh, There are several areas, and if you go to the website, I have all of the links, so that way you can uh, do a little research yourself. Okay, so the most pushback that I received was the origin of the modern-day police department. To me, what's more important is the mentality of the modern-day police department. So the origins of the modern day policing, the origins of the modern day police mentality can be traced back to the slave patrol. The earliest form of the slave patrol was created in the Carolinas in the 1700s, which they had the following mission. They were to establish terror in response to slave uprisings with the capacity to pursue them, apprehend them and return runaway slaves to their owners including the use of excessive force to control and produce desired behavior from the slaves. Now, the slave patrol could actually forcibly enter into your home solely based on suspicion of protecting runaway slaves. The slave patrol continued until the end of the Civil War and with the passage of the 13th Amendment. So the most pushback I received was like, well, all policemen are not that way. And I agree. Being a former law enforcement officer, I totally agree. I have friends that are still and retired from law enforcement. All law enforcement officers are not like that. However, systematically, the mentality of those who make decisions in law enforcement is very, very slow to change, and the tactics really has not changed. But that was not the end of the slave patrol. Uh, Following the Civil War, during Reconstruction period, the slave patrols were placed into a, like, military or militia-style groups, uh, which were empowered to control and deny access to freed slaves that looked to integrate into the society their work included enforcement of black codes, strict local and state laws that regulated and restricted access, labor, wage, voting rights, and general freedoms for formerly enslaved people. So again, the mindset of the police department or the lie, the mindset of law enforcement remained the same with what they considered Restrictions. That brings me to something I've always said, and, and, and I totally believe it. You cannot legislate morality. You could pass any laws you want, but you cannot legislate morality. So in 1865, what, ratification of the 14th Amendment technically granted equal rights and protection by law of constitutional rights to African Americans essentially meant to abolish the Black Codes. Shortly after that, Uh, the abolishment of the black codes uh, came the Jim Crow laws now that is important because municipalities started to form police departments to enforce the Jim Crow laws and to enforce and exert excessive brutality on African Americans who violated any Jim Crow law. The Jim Crow laws ended in the 1960s And since that time, uh, African-American communities have been under surveillance and targeted by the police department, including, but not limited to, the era of the war on drugs and mass incarceration. And I have statistics to enforce that. Again, it's a structural mentality it is a structural bias mentality this has not changed because we've been focusing to me it's my opinion we've been focusing in the wrong area Uh, we've been trying to train police officers to act a certain way instead of looking at changing the psychological structure of policing and that would start at the top so let's take a closer look at um, police departments As of 2018, there were 686,665 full-time employed law enforcement officers in the United States of America. Now, these men and women attend an academy. An Academy is like a boot camp, it teaches you how to think, how to respond, how to act. They attempt to make a conditioned response type situation to just about every type of um, incident that they think will occur. However, most of them haven't been on the street in a long time. You must remember that the mindset that went into the structure of the Academy is the mindset that carried over from the slave patrol. We just went through the psychological history of policing in the United States. So do statistics uh, reinforce that or enforce what I just said? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, a black person is five times more likely to be stopped without just cause And a statistic that I found interesting was a black man is twice as likely to be stopped without just cause than a black woman. Now, according to this statistics, 65% of adults have felt targeted because of their race. Similarly, approximately 35% of Latinos and Asians adults have felt that they've been targeted by the police because of their race. This also implies structural bias in law enforcement. Now let's look at the public's perception of police brutality and racial bias in the criminal justice system or in law enforcement. 84% of black adults say that white people are treated better than black people by the police department. 63% of white adults agreed with them based on a 2019 research compute. So 87 percent of black adults in the United States say that the U.S. criminal justice system is more unjust toward black people and people of color. 61 percent of white people agreed. And let's look at one final statistic. While white people make up 60 percent of the population, they only make up 41 percent of fatal shootings by police department Black people make up 13.4%, 13.5%, depending on who you listen to, of the population, but make up 22% of fatal shootings by police department. Now, that's only fatal shootings. That doesn't take into effect non-lethal abuse that people of color report about the police department. And it's interesting, I can go further in depth telling you how many people were killed by police departments in years 2017 to 2020 uh, by race. And the disparity is undeniable. Again, I will post the information uh, on the website. So the statistics bear out that the police departments around the United States or within the United States are biased. They have a biased structure. And even though each state and municipality have uh, separate departments, The structure of training is all the same. And really, the psychological basis or the psychological structure of the police department has not changed. The people that are chosen to be police officers have not changed, other than the fact that they are hiring more minorities and more women. Again, I'm not targeting the police department. We're talking about the criminal justice system within the United States of America, and I have said, we have to expose which is, what is wrong before we can dispose of what is wrong and recreate uh, a, a more uh, inclusive and better society. So I had a little pushback about the court system and the court system, although the statistics are just undeniable, um, the primary purpose of the court system is to try each case presented to them, render a verdict, and determine a sentence. Now, an individual rights are protected by the Constitution uh, in a court of law is supposed to uphold, such as the right to face your accuser, the right not to incriminate yourself, you know that one the Fifth Amendment, um, the right to counsel, the right to a jury trial. Now, a jury is supposed to be a fair cross-section of the community in which the person resides. Again, so we must remember, if there is bias in the law enforcement agency or the law enforcement entity, then the court system will also be biased. Okay, so let's look at this. One out of every three black boys born today can be expected to be sentenced to prison, compared to one out of every six Latino boys and one out of every 17 white boys. States like Delaware, New Jersey, Indiana, and Utah have begun to adopt legislation that will address the disparity uh, in sentencing. African Americans represent 29% of those arrested and 33% of those incarcerated for drug offenses. So then you would say, well, yeah, because I guess they uh, use more drugs than white people. However, the facts are that African Americans only make up 5% of illicit drug use in the United States. Again, in, in in a 2015 National Survey on Drug Use and Health, about 17 million white people and 4 million African Americans reported having used illicit drugs within the last three months. African American and whites use drugs at similar rates, but imprisonment rates of African Americans for drug charges is almost six times that of white people. And another disparity that 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 actually um, stood out to me was As of um, October 2016, there have been 1,900 exonerations of wrongfully accused people. 47% of the exonerated were African American. African Americans are 22% more likely to have convictions involving police misconduct that actually resulted in exoneration. Now look, again, this is not an assault on or an attack on the uh, court system. We have to expose the disparities where people can understand them because some of these I was shocked at. Okay, so and, and I was in the the law enforcement part of the system and unfortunately I was also been arrested. All charges were dropped. So it looks like our court system's and with my personal experience from court systems, the courts in the United States are undeniably biased and not just against people of color, but people, they're financially biased. If you don't have the money for the court system in the United States to work for you, then it will definitely work against you. Currently there are three million people in jail and prisons today, far outpacing the growth of population and out the outgrowth of crime. Between 1980 and 2015, the number of people incarcerated increased from 500,000 to 2.2 million. Despite making up to close 5% of the global population, the United States is nearly 25% of the world's prison population. Of the prison population, 32% of the United States population is represented by African-American Hispanics compared to 56 percent of the United States incarcerated population being represented by African-American Hispanics. In 2014, African-Americans constituted 2.3 million or 34 percent of the total 6.8 million correctional population. Nationwide, African American children represent 32% of children who are arrested, 42% of children who are detained, and 52% of children whose cases are judicially waived to criminal court. African American children represent 14% of the population. 7% of adults in the United States are under some type of correctional supervision. And that equates to one out of every 37 adults in the United States. In 2012 alone, the United States spent 81 billion, with a B, dollars on correction. So I believe that tells us that the court system is also biased simply by the numbers. Okay, so let's look at the correctional system in the United States of America. Spending on jails and prisons has increased at triple the rate of spending on public education within the last 30 years. Prisons are overpopulated. Since 1970, our incarcerated population has increased by 700%. Since 1991, the rate of violent crime in the United States has fallen about 20%, uh, while the number of people in prison or in jail has risen 50%. So what is the second growing category in states' budgets? That would be $80 billion of taxpayers' money spent on incarceration. So the 13th Amendment protects against cruel and unusual punishment, yet most of our prisons are at max capacity and have inhumane conditions. Exploitation of labor, and that really appalled me. The exploitation of labor and the absence of proper measures in place to respond adequately to states of emergency or national pandemics. Now, what really appalled me was commercial entities using slave labor for their employees. Most recently Whole Foods uh, was guilty of doing that, of of using slave labor. And a friend of mine was telling me that Zaki Farms use slave labor. That should be outlawed, That, that should be totally outlawed. We should not be able to use people that are incarcerated as slaves for commercial entities. In the correctional system, inmates are five times more likely to be infected with hiv than in the general public approximately 10 to 20 percent of inmates suffer from serious mental illness which often made it worse during their incarceration so our correctional system just like our police department just like our court system depends on how much money you have rather it will work for you the prison industrial complex is a set of interesting groups and institutions. The private prison model is the one that is being injected into our society. And the, pros- the, the private prison model is contingent on increasing the amount of people in prison. And not only that, hundreds of corporations benefit from what they call penal labor, including some of our largest major corporations. 7% of state prisoners and 18% of federal prisoners are employed by for-profit entities. So if the prisoners work for them, then they must be getting paid correctly. No, wages are equivalent to less than $1 per hour. And most penal labor programs, they work up to 12 hour days. The pay scale for federal prisoners is uh, $0.12 an hour to $0.40 an hour. Uh, In Texas, they don't get paid at all. The inmates don't get paid at all. You just work. The estimate annual value of prisoners working for for for-profit corporations is $2 billion a year. Okay, so let's wind up our inspection of the court system. African Americans are incarcerated in state prisons at a rate of 5 to 1 of prison white people in five states and that's Iowa Minnesota New Jersey Vermont and Wisconsin the disparity is more than 10 to one percent in 12 states more than half the prison population is black Alabama Delaware Georgia Illinois Louisiana Maryland Michigan Mississippi New Jersey North Carolina South Carolina the Virginia's, Maryland, whose prison population is 72% African-American, tops the nation. In 11 states, at least 1 in 20 adult black males are in prison. In Oklahoma, the state with the highest overall black incarcerated rate, 1 in 15 black males ages 18 are in prison. Latinos are imprisoned at a rate of 1 to 4 times the rate of whites, Uh, Hispanic ethnic disparities are particularly high in states uh, of Massachusetts, Connecticut, and Pennsylvania, and also in New York. Now the Bureau of Justice reports 35% of state prisoners are white, 38% are black, and 21% are Hispanic. So I I believe that it's enough evidence for an average-minded person or a fair-minded person to understand that, yes. The United States judicial system is extremely biased, but it's working the way it was meant to work. So now that we have exposed the disparity in our judicial system, what can we do to make America live up to its creed of liberty and justice for all? And this time, including all of us, everyone that is an American. Because when my grandkids, say the Pledge of Allegiance, I don't want it to be a lie. I don't wanna be teaching them something that is a lie. The Pew Research Center, uh, before we go into solutions, I wanna say the Pew Research Center published statistics that basically speaks for themselves. In 2018, black people made up 12% of the United States adult population, but accounted for 33% of those serving time in prison while white people make up 63% of the adult population, yet only 30% of prison inmates were white. Again, I can continue the statistics, but what's the solution? Since the bias begins with the policing of America's people, we have to start there. A national definition of use of force that totally outlaws the use of a truck or carotid obstruction. Also, there should be a law that strictly forbids officers that are fired in one town or in one state to go over to the next state and become a law enforcement officer there, and that happens a lot. Um, that should totally be outlawed. You you can't be fired for being a law enforcement in one state and then move to the next state and become another, a law enforcement officer and do the same thing over again. Some people, when considering uh, law enforcement reform, are saying defund the police. It is my opinion that that would be a huge mistake. You don't wanna defund the police. What you want to do is have control over what they spend the funding on, what type of training they spend the funding on. Instead of buying an Abrams tank, perhaps they could have a program that teaches people how to address uh, calls with uh, individuals that have mental health issues. And also the purchase of war or any type of uh, military surplus for any police department in the United States must be discontinued. See I saved money right there. We also have to review and um, adjust how the police respond to calls. If the call requires a mental health professional, uh, it doesn't require uh, a police officer, or it doesn't necessarily. Now, I've, I know I have been on calls when things have gone south real quick. So you do need police officers by standby, or standing by, or near there, or even there. However, on those calls, the mental health professional uh, take the lead. Also, the way juveniles are handled, Seeing a nine-year-old girl pepper sprayed is ridiculous. If the officer cannot control that situation, perhaps that person should not be an officer. Qualified immunity must go away completely. Uh, Law enforcement individuals and also federal law individuals should be held completely accountable for their actions if it goes outside of their department's restrictions or the department's instructions. They have to be held accountable. If they're not being held accountable, then they really don't have any type of incentive not to act irresponsible. Private prisons um, should be done away with. These people are making huge money. Corporations are making huge money on private prisons and is contingent on continuing to feed the private prisons. A lot of people are making money on this. I mean, un- just totally crazy. I mean, you have to think about that. Phone calls, food, cleaning, everything is all contracted out. Uh, so all these people are making big money on incarcerating people, which gives them incentive to continue to incarcerate people. And when I say these people, I'm referring to the corrupt corporate capitalist that normally owns these private prisons. Now, there are a lot of other things that that can go into uh, a review or revamp of our judicial system. Those are just a few ideas uh, that I have on how to revamp our system, but it has to be done. and This is a great time for it to be done. Um, The House passed the, uh, what is it, H.R. Bill 1280. I, I haven't read the bill, so I can't say I'm behind it yet. Um, But it does, it does do some of the things we just talked about. Uh, And so that would be a good start. Um, In these three parts of liberty and justice for y'all, I endeavor to highlight the disparities in the judicial system of the United States of America what we really should focus on is that when our judicial system begins and have they have been incarcerating people at an extremely high rate it has a horrendous effect on our communities all of our communities and like I said I I love this country and I I said it before and I'm gonna let you know liberty and justice for y'all I didn't just make that up to be clever I'm gonna be really open with you that is what I used to say when I had to say the Pledge of Allegiance in school, simply because I couldn't say liberty and justice for all when I saw people being attacked by dogs, people that looked like me being attacked by dogs simply because they wanted to vote. I couldn't say liberty and justice for all when I watched black leaders become assassinated and uh, villainized because they were attempting... To merely have civil rights, not human rights because we need human rights, there is a big difference, but to be given what our country calls civil rights. I couldn't say liberty and justice for all when I was treated differently, when I saw that my father was treated differently after fighting two wars for this country. I could not say liberty and justice for all when I watched people shot down in the street doing the watch riots. I could not say liberty and justice for all while I experienced this in America. That was my America to say liberty and justice for all would be a lie and i would be lying to myself. So instead of saying liberty and justice for all, I would say liberty with liberty and justice for y'all. That's how that came up again. When my grandkids are saying this, I don't want it to be a lie like I was saying it. I want it to be true. I want this country to live up to the creed that Martin Luther King called for years ago, and we're still trying to do the same damn thing. It's time to make it happen. The time is now. If not now, when? Hey, I want to thank each and every one of you for listening. Uh, you can contact me at infoblips.com. And also remember, wear your mask when you're in public, wash your hands anytime you touch anything when you come outside of, uh, go inside your house, take off your shoes, um, and also get vaccinated. Our next uh, inspection or our next (laughs) couple of shows is gonna be on the healthcare system in the United States. If those of you to remember, in the beginning when this pandemic began, I said that it would show the disparities, it would show the cracks, it would show the faults. In the United States system, in our system of government, in our system of healthcare, in our system, period, and it has not disappointed. So we're going to talk about the healthcare system. I'm attempting to have a few people uh, as guest speakers, if they are so inclined. Uh, if not, we'll just move on like we always do. <laughs> okay. Hey, thank you very much for for listening again. Um, you can contact me at uh, infoblips@activist.com. Go out and make it a great life.